0: Blog Talk Radio Blog Talk Radio
1: Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness With your host, J.R. Thicklin Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio Hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, The Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Diggle. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Welcome and welcome again to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. That's right. Every Monday night from 9 p.m. to 10:30, we are here on your line. That's nine o'clock Eastern time, eight o'clock in the Central time zone, seven in the mountains. 6 o'clock in the Pacific and wherever you may be around the globe, you have tuned in to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I do want to apologize for the technical difficulties and getting in on tonight, but that's because the show is that hot tonight. It is going to be just that impactful tonight. So wherever you're listening from, from coast to coast, we welcome you to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. As you know, this broadcast is designed with you in mind. This is a platform that's dealing with the issues of domestic violence, sexual violence, dealing with abuse, abandonment, rejection, and anything that have caused hurt that needs the restoration of healing. And so tonight, as we have you on the line, we have plenty of you that are still uh, holding on, that uh, did not abandon us. And so we're grateful for that tonight. And we have some very special guests that is going to be with us on tonight. Uh, They're going to join us. Tonight, as always, is about empowerment. Tonight, as always, is about how do we make that next step. Tonight is about really the bridge that we begin to build in the lives of those that are so affected by this issue of domestic violence. And so we're going to get into our callers here in just a second. I have two very special guests with me tonight, and because, in fact, we lost about 18 minutes, worth of broadcast time what i want to do is to make sure that we get you on and that you have an opportunity to participate inside of what we're doing that is the fact that you can listen to us two ways you can listen to us by going to www.soulofamericaradio.com or you can listen to us by calling 323-784-9638 that's 323-784 and at any given time, if you're listening and you desire to have a question, want to speak to the, our guests or ask a question, simply hit number one on your keypad that lets our producer know that you want to come on the air. And we will get you on the air tonight, and we're so excited to have each and every one of you that are listening tonight on this great radio broadcast. Now, I want to immediately get started by saying these words here, that I believe tonight is about empowerment. I believe tonight is about victory and is about triumph. In other words, uh, there are many people that find themselves victims of domestic violence. We know that statistics says that women, one in four women in their lifetime, will be a victim of domestic violence. One in seven men will suffer that same fate. But what I want you to know is that Just like there's a way in, there are ways out of it, and there are those that come out of it, and they're triumphant, and they get through it in a significant way. And so tonight I have two very special uh, what I call victorious survivors that are on the line tonight. Uh, Our first guest, and they're going to both be on simultaneously here in a minute. I am a Sheila. Uh, Sheila Bryant is going to be on the line with us. Sheila is not only a survivor, she is a businesswoman, she is an entrepreneur, and she is a mover and a shaker, and she has the testimony to prove it. She's come through some things, uh, she's overcome some things, and she has agreed tonight to be with us because she wants to share those things that she's come through. She wants to share about the victory that she has uh, had, and so tonight I welcome to Help and Healing a Journey to Wholeness. Sheila, I want to say good evening to you and welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much for
2: having me here. You know, uh, your story is absolutely tremendous. I had an opportunity a little bit over a week ago to share a platform with you uh, on another show, and I was so Absolutely blessed by your testimony and by the things that you had endured that I told you immediately I wanted you on on the show and you're here tonight. Uh, Why don't you greet our audience tonight and share them a little bit about your story and how you came into it and how you came out of it.
3: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to also thank your listeners for tuning in. Um, my story began um nineteen ninety nine I flew in from South America, colombia, very young age of seventeen, and pretty much young to this country, naive, obviously looking for the American dream, looking for bigger things in my life i um I definitely came across this very charming man by the time I turned eighteen in the summer of two thousand i you know ran into this very charming good looking handsome man who kinda just you know began to romance me, you know we became good friends, and eventually, after a year of dating we we got married um little to my knowledge, this gentleman was no longer the charming individual who he you know portrayed at the beginning. He began to obviously after we got married, we found out we were pregnant um at the time I was not working, I was a stay at home wife, and abuse began the moment that we found out we were pregnant so at some point, the blame begins on perhaps having a child is more responsibility. Um, it was a very difficult time for me because I have no family in the United States. So I was kind of stuck at that point where I'm married and I'm pregnant, I'm young, not knowing much. I kind of got myself to believe that this was it at that point. Um, you know, over the years, we you know, we had more children. I had my first daughter at 19 My second daughter, um, by the age of 20, and um, we had one more child, a son, which by the time I was 22, I had my third child. So, little to say that it was a very tough, difficult situation when, you know, the abuse was emotional in the beginning. Then it became physical. Um, He would hit me. My husband would hit me anywhere. We would go to the grocery store. We might go out in public to you know, different venues, different locations, and the strikes will come, sometimes with no reason behind it. And um, one of my darkest moments in my marriage was, you know, being pregnant and my husband completely losing it and striking me so hard in my head that he completely split my head open. I, you know, I, I was bleeding profusely. He refused to take me to the hospital. He knew at that point by taking me to hospital, I would probably be, you know, in a situation where he would go to jail and I would have to stay in the hospital. And he he, kind of saw that and refused to take me to the hospital. So I was raised in the church, JR. So I would say thank God for that. Thank my family for that. Raising me in the church as a young girl, I always knew that there was a God and I just had to be faithful and believe that this situation was temporary, that I wasn't going to be there for a long time. Um, by the time I had my third son, I remember having an encounter as I ended up in a woman's shelter, an encounter with a young lady who said to me that there was help. You know, being that I'm an immigrant, I'm a foreigner, American United States citizen, that there was help, definitely. And she gave me some information. She said, You know, you need to go to this location. You need to ask for help. There are resources. You can get your green card. You can get you know, work permit, you can get out of this situation. So I began to seek and search more for information and came across that there was indeed a um, an American law that is to protect women like myself who are married to their abusers who are either United States citizens or legal permanent residents and I began the process of the paperwork. You know, I, it took me about eight, nine months to just go through the ordeal of the paperwork and hiding this all from my husband. God forbid he found out then that I was doing that. I probably believe he would have killed me. Um, but thankfully, you know, I did everything, you know, wisely, with you know, seeking advice from people who knew what they were doing, what they were talking about. And um, thankfully by the summer of 2006, I finally got that document in the mail that I was, at that point, a green card holder, which gave me so much satisfaction and freedom, and I was so thankful to God and the people who came in my life around the time that helped me get this information.
2: You know, when you went through that, and it had to be a very dark time for you, because you dealt not only with the abuse, but you also dealt with the fear, I believe, of him uh, reinforcing the fact of threatening you that because you were not an American citizen and you did not have your paperwork, uh, he used that as power and control over you, threatening uh, to take the kids, threatening you that you would be deported. And so he used all of those things of what you did know in order to keep you in bondage. Would that be correct?
3: That is absolutely correct, Yair. It was always a threat. You know, whenever I say, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore, I don't want to go through this anymore, I genuinely did not want to raise my children in this environment. But I had to face the reality at that time. It's either I'm stuck with this man who's, you know, abusing me, constantly hitting me. I mean, I'm talking black eyes, busted lips, bruises, or, or I'm going to face being homeless with my children. So it was a very difficult time with a constant reminder that you have no way of working, you have no way of providing, you have no way of getting my children, you know, and, you know, so it was very, very difficult. And, yes, that kept me behind for many, many years. The idea of not having a way of providing for my kids kept me back from really leaving (laughs) him.
2: And so when we talk about that, and you, you talk about all those fears there, because especially for those that are listening tonight, and you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, I'm your host, J.R. Thickland, and I have a couple of very special guests that are with me tonight. You're listening to Sheila uh, Brian and she's sharing her story. You know, having come from uh, another country, and you're here, and there's so many things that happen. We all experience prejudices in one sense or another. Here you are from another country, but your skin looked like any other African-American individual, and yet it's still inside of that which you were going through, um, you had the, you had the different uh, other elements that's going on. not only are you not being a, being a uh, citizen of this country, but you also had the whole point going on as far as if you would uh, those that might have judged you because you uh, did speak another language, those that might have uh, looked at you as a person that might have deserved the abuse but one of the things you shared with me previously was that this abuse was not just physical. This abuse also was emotional, it was, uh, it w- it was spiritual, uh, uh, but it also was economical, or financial abuse that you and do it as well. And I, I'd like to share a little bit more with our audience about that because of the fact so often the whole mainstream focus on the physical abuse, and oftentimes do not put enough emphasis on the other type of abuse that also serves as an oppressing tool of the perpetrator.
3: Absolutely, I'm 100% in agreement with you, JR. Most times we often hear the word domestic violence and we automatically assume that it becomes, you know, a physical punch from one individual to the other but in violence in in, in domestic cases, it, many times it becomes financial abuse to where one partner is opposing that the other makes more money or perhaps stagnates the growth of, the financial growth in a home. So many times as one spouse is the main source of income, becomes very difficult to do better things, to grow. It becomes, you know, difficult, as you have children as well, to, you know, pay for better schools or to live in a, you know, different environment, a better neighborhood. Perhaps the spiritual abuse is preventing from going to church, preventing from having any visits. And, you know, those things are truly also part of domestic violence because it is, as you're saying, it's oppressing it is continuous preventing that one spouse from reaching out from seeking help from doing much better, and you know many times you know one one going through that you you become suicidal, you become depressed, uh many different you know feelings and emotions that do do go through your your mind it truly has you know an effect on the children, especially in the cases where they're young children, whether it's between the marriage, the relationship, you know, one partner bringing the children into the relationship. So all that trickles down into the children as well. So domestic violence is not just affecting the person who's physically getting attacked, but it's affecting emotionally those who are around who are helpless, like the children. And that's a
2: great point to bring out, because in many times, you know, from the outside looking in, there are folks who know of people being in an abusive relationship, and they oftentimes, they pass judgment without understanding the dynamics. The fact that, you know, the children are exposed to it, the children are involved, oftentimes the dependency of the victim on the perpetrator to be the breadwinner, Uh, and and in many cases where uh, the uh, victim may not have the skills or job skills or other opportunities to do things, they're they're left dealing with... uh, the situation of if I leave, how am I going to make it? And all those, things play a part. And, and you kind of gave, uh you kind of gave actually testimony to that. But where, where I want to guide you now is the fact that what was a key part for you getting out? Was it that defining moment when that person at that shelter said, look, there are, you know, there are things in place for a person like you to be able to get your status and to be able to get out of this situation, was that the beginning of the green light? And if it was, where did you go from there?
3: Well, to be very, very livid about the situation, just going back, my turning point was remembering one night, again, you know, the constant abuse, and, you know, I did at that point, back in 2000, I have my older sister, which my only sister flew in from South America. She came back to live in the United States as well. So we both split, you know, we had our separate lives, but my sister usually used to come and help me out and, you know, do her best, but I was married, so she was limited to how much assistance she could provide me. Um, And I remember one night, you know, having this, you know, fight again with my husband, calling my sister to help me to come, to come pick me up with me and my kids and, she was on her way, and she got into a very, very bad accident, and um, you know, and that was a turning point. The idea of me losing my sister because I'm in this relationship, because I'm allowing this man to abuse me, you know, that was it for me. That was the the moment that I had to do something because I was I was I was never able to think that I could live with the guilt of me being the reason for my sister losing her life to come and save my life, which I had the control in my hands. Um, so as I Went to the shelter. You know, I remember having a conversation with this young lady, and she said, You know, there is help. So I already made a decision that I was going to leave. I don't know how I was going to do it, but I was going to do it. So the moment I made a decision, JR, and you know, I ended up in the women's shelter in Broward where I reside, I remember this conversation was just God aligning me on purpose that I could get out, that there is a way out. But I made a decision. So it becomes crucial. For anyone who's listening, who is either in the situation that wants to get out or know of someone, it, it first has to be a decision to just get out. And everything aligned itself right after. You know, the young lady I came across showed me some information. She said, you can go to this congressman's office um, right in my area. I remember walking in, you know, in tears, just really, really asking. I need help. I really need help. So... In the office, you know, a couple of people came to my rescue. They just asked me tons of questions, and we began to process paperwork. I had no money. I did not know how I was going to pay for this because everything costs money, obviously. So sometimes we begin to look at the obstacles versus, the, you know, the outcome. You know, we do want to get out. We do want better, but we look at the obstacles sometimes. So I didn't look at obstacles at that point. I just made a decision, and everything started falling in place
2: right after. Well, that's very powerful. I'm, I'm glad you share it because oftentimes, you know, from the outside looking in, it does, so for some people, it seems easier said than done. But on the other hand, as difficult as it was, you said something that was powerful and that you cannot begin to leave until you leave. You won't get out of it until you actually make those steps to go out. Every step is a step of faith. So we have to look yeah. at that. Every step is a step of faith in getting out of that. You know, Support is so important at that time. Your turning point was very significant because you uh, you saw that this issue and the relationship that you were in was not only affecting you but the consequences of you being in it was also affecting family members and in this case your dear sister and that became your eye-opening moment it was your moment of truth and uh everything began to turn around from that point on and that's a powerful thing that's a powerful thing and i want to ask one other question uh, of you before i bring in uh uh, sabrina harris because i think you guys share uh, very similar stories and one says and yet it's still uh different uh path you've taken now that this has been behind you and you've been out of this for for a, a great period of time, I want you to share with the audience what are some of the things that you have now done. I mean, you are you are a motivational speaker. You you, you do trainings. You are an entrepreneur in your own right. How did you get there? What was it? What was it that brought you from pain to power?
3: Wow, that is a very good question. I would like to first give glory to God. Um, I wouldn't be here on this line without him giving me the strength and the courage, and just constantly speaking and praying and asking him to lead me, to guide me, to show me, just to give me one more day. Just give me one more day. So, um, first, I would like to thank him. You know, thank God for all things because I really, I did not know I would be here today. I did not know it. I, I, I believe that there was a better way. I believe that there was always an outcome that I wanted, but I just couldn't believe. And I couldn't see when you're in a situation where you're being abused, you cannot see light. You all see darkness. You cannot see light. So as I got out of the situation, once I really got out of the marriage, you know, when we went through the courts and divorce was finalized and my life began at the moment where I made a decision not to look back but just to look forward. I started a regular job. You know, I put my kids in daycare at the time. They were very, very little, nine years ago. There were, I believe, uh, three, two, and nine months at the time. And once I put my children in school, I began a job. You know, everything unfolded. I began to meet great people. God aligned me with some amazing individuals who began to open my eyes, who began to give me wisdom, opening doors. And I just took steps of faith one after the other, one after the other, knocking on doors and just taking advantage of opportunities that just felt right, that I knew that will help me become a better person, become a better mother, and eventually begin to talk to women. Um, It's just great to know that at some point my life story has served over the nine nine years now that I've been out of that situation. My life story has served to save some women from going through it, some women who are currently in the situation, to give them hope that it's possibilities that they can get out. Um, And so I always knew that I had to become better So just getting out of that situation till today, J.R. genuinely has been my faith, my belief that I can, you know, always give back and, you know, just be a servant to people and um, use my story as nothing but a, a, you know, source of faith because we know that the word says that faith comes by hearing. You know, hope hope is important. Faith is important. So so, so once we know that we have overcome our struggle and we have come through a very difficult journey, we can now help someone else
2: who's in the same situation. Absolutely. Well, what a powerful testimony. And the fact that you came out and that your faith brought you through it, and, and oftentimes that's a missing element because it's one thing to find physical safety, but it's another thing to find a spiritual and a place, a centerpiece of not only hope, but a centerpiece of uh, of serenity, knowing that, God is with you, and it brought you out, and I thank you so very much for sharing. Stay with us. I know you're going to have to be leaving soon, but what I want to do is immediately after this commercial break, I'm going to bring on um, Sabrina Harris, the uh, founder and CEO of the House of Love Billionaires, and what a testimony she also has, and uh, I'm going to set it up, but I want you to stay tuned to it. We'll be right back after Absolutely. the break. You're listening to Hope and Killing, okay. a journey to hope. Bye-bye.
1: you're probably seeing a series of advertisements please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in soulful talk radio on Facebook is a spiritual drama-free judgment-free fellowship forum for light minds to share in encouragement through testimonies scriptures music prayer worship and fellowship it is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences we welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats changing life experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook through a search you can find us. If
4: you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio.
0: I am Andy Harlem Q, and I am fighting the power on the Soul of America Radio.
2: Worldwide, Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This.
1: This is the soul of America Radio. You're
2: listening to SOAR.
1: And now back to Hope and Healing A Journey to Wholeness with your host, J.R. Thickland.
2: And welcome back to Open Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so glad that you've joined us tonight here on the Soul of America Radio Network. What a powerful show that we have tonight, two very special guests uh, that have been on. You've had the opportunity to listen to Sheila uh, Bryan, and what a powerful story, a story of not only going through the abuse but surviving the abuse, the difference that knowledge made and information, but even more importantly, the faith that she had to sustain her after she came out of it. In many ways, our next guests uh, share a very similar path. She, too, was very young when she was inside of her abusive situation, both of them 18-year-old uh, inside of that regard. And our our guest now is uh, Sabrina Harris. She is the CEO and uh, founder of the House of La She'll tell you more about that. But besides that, she's not she's a survivor of domestic violence. She is a she is a, 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 a mental health counselor. She is a, a individual that. Uh, Listen, She she's a lot of things. She's doing a lot of things that are making uh, some tremendous difference, and I want to welcome her to the show tonight because she's also one of my friends and colleagues as well. Good evening. Welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to us. Sabrina, you're on the air with us.
4: Good evening, Namaste, Pastor Thicklin. I salute you for the platform and for the opportunity to join you this evening. I give All praise and honor to God, first and foremost, for he is the reason and the possibility for everything that transpires and that comes together, how it's supposed to be. And also to my queen sister, Sheila Bryan, we've interacted so much now, I honestly look forward to meeting her in person and just giving her a big hug and saluting her for what she's doing as well.
2: Well, you know, that's a powerful, that's very powerful, because to a certain degree, there becomes a sisterhood, if you would, for those that have come out of these type of relationship, abusive relationship, and perhaps a kindred in spirit in the sense of the fact of the power of triumph. And I think that is something that you both share uh, mutually. And and yet it's still, uh, as much as your stories are so very similar, your path of coming out has caused something to happen within each of you you and i uh have had some tremendous times together inside of just discussing as a matter of fact we know that when we talk we generally have to make some room for space because it can go on and on and on because of just the passion that we have and we know that there are things that god has given us not just to talk about it but to be about it and uh and so i want you to share with our audience tonight share with them your journey inside of going from your pain to power
4: Well, it's very interesting, my start, because I came from a two-parent, they are very stable household. My mother was present, my father was present, they were married, my brother was there, and there was a tremendous spiritual base. We were raised in the church, Southern Baptist, we got all the teachings and everything else. But the one thing that so enamored me, and I was a daddy's girl to the end of power, but it was the way that my father interacted with his family, the love that he had for his family, but the way that he treated my mother. He was so kind and respectful and patient, and he made sure that his family wanted for nothing. So I realize now that it set my expectation for what I desire to see within a man and within a relationship. And I realized now that I set the bar way, very, very high, and the standards were way up there, and I wasn't willing to relinquish them because that's all I knew. But my journey started when I was about 18 years old, and one of the things that was very telling for me inside of this relationship that eventually ensued and progressed into marriage was that I had already had a child. So I had a child out of wedlock, and that relationship, it fell apart, and I met who was to be my ex-husband, and it materialized on from there. But it didn't start out problematic, and that's the seed I tried desperately to plant in the hearts and minds of young people, because it didn't start out that way. Although, mind you, we weren't equally yoked by any means for a lot of reasons, it was just a nice, Amical meeting, starting of a relationship, and it eventually progressed. Although now I can reflect back on a lot of the training and things that I know and I'm aware of, there were warning signs. There were red flares all over the place, but I didn't see them as such because I was young and naive. But I spoke about with Bakari Wright and Sheila Bryan and yourself when we were on a week or so ago about the culminating experience or the one that really stood out the most. And that's the one when we were having a verbal exchange, an argument. And one of the things I realized about him now that I didn't recognize as so then was a very controlling nature, a need to be in, in control, to be the man, and to be all of this. And I was so in my heyday not willing to be controlled, so I was not submissive by any means. And we had a verbal exchange that I felt like I had won. I felt pretty good about it. And it ended up with him burning me on my knee with a cigarette lighter from the car. And I'll never forget the way he looked, and I'll never forget the expression in his words, like, you won't talk to me that way. You will never argue with me. We we won't do this. You will not do whatever I say pretty much goes. And that was the point where the dam burst but I remember that night nursing my knee I knew I couldn't tell my father because it would have been a problem because again daddy's little girl I knew I couldn't tell my brother because it would have been another problem but it would have been like two men at war for sure and somewhere deep inside of me I knew that the situation was wrong and I knew the behavior was off the Richter and off the mark, but somewhere inside of me, I told myself that I loved him enough to be able to help him and get through it. And long story short, it got progressively worse, but the children had started by that point. We had gotten a home together. We had accumulated things together. So in a lot of ways, I teach people now about questioning why people stay because a lot of times there is no true justification from the outside because logically it doesn't make sense, but to, to the person going through it, especially when your mindset is warped or it's not open or there's not a good understanding, you just don't put it together in a logical way, but it makes sense to you. So I talk a lot about re-victimization of asking people, well, why did you stay? Because I get that quite a bit when people hear me talk and they hear me speak or I can never see you going through anything like that or accepting anything like that. And I say, oh, there was a time. I didn't always have the knowledge and the experience and the fortitude that I have today, thank God, that he empowered me and gave me this voice and gave me the non-fear factor, but it wasn't always
2: this way. Wow. You know, so over a period of time, not only did you learn, but over a period of time you also have found your voice, and you found your voice in a way, and one of the things that's been so interesting and such a delight in in working with you is, is, is even the way that you think, that because although you were a victim and you came through this and you are now a victorious survivor, the process that you went through in order that you may become whole and that you that your life became better and not bitter is something I think that people need to hear because although you went through all this and there's been some things that you've not even shared that have been absolutely uh just you know, horrendous. I mean some atrocious things that have happened inside of that. And yet still you've come out of it. You've been you you, you uh, you've gone through your healing process, and I always say that we're always healing. But definitely, you've come to that place now that rather than being bitter, you're better. You're about empowering, and you're empowering women. and And, and one thing I like is that there there doesn't seem to be the re- residual of "I hate all men" uh, thing that have uh, happened with you, but rather you have actually taken a stand to talk about the fact that that. Uh, that men are good men, there are good men, and that uh, that men, too, are victims of this, whether it's through being exposed to it at home or uh, living that type of life. And you've talked about the fact of even how we have to embrace our brothers as well. So that's a different dynamic inside of that. And I'd definitely love for you to take the opportunity to talk about that because that also leads us into some very special event that's, that is about to happen here real soon.
4: Absolutely. I want to thank you both, first of all, yourself and Sheila, for touching on the various aspects of abuse. Because you are absolutely right that most people zero in on physical. But certainly within mine, there was emotional, there was verbal, there was spiritual, financial, sexual, professional, and academic. Because a lot of women don't realize that a lot of times their way out is to become better educated more educated, the better position that brings in the income, and a lot of times the partner recognizes that, and there's a maneuver or strategic ploy to block and stop. I remember both times during undergrad having arguments in the parking lot, and one became physical, and I to this day cannot explain to you or give you any justification or rationale for doing that, but I became to understand that he... Saw my success and my advancement and my flowering as his loss of control. And I now can Absolutely. recognize that. But one thing Absolutely. I want to say about seeing the abuser and perpetrator differently is this. Once I got to the point of leaving the relationship, and that was even a feat within itself, because I remember sitting in the bed one morning and I just woke up and I couldn't start. Cry- I couldn't stop crying. I was just so emotional. It was like just my whole body was shaking. And I remember praying to God. I mean, it was almost like a conversation in sort of. And I say, Lord, if there is any true purpose, if there is any reason why I am going through all of this and it was meant to be, please show me without a shadow of a doubt. But I said, this is of my own accord, my own systematic doing and I need to systematically undo it with your help, your favor, your grace, please show me that as well. And Pastor Thicklin, two days later, situation culminated into me having to call the police, him arming himself, him being tased by the police, arrested, and that long journey home. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that that was my open door. But I also knew coming out of that relationship, Number one, that I did have to go through a process. I'm going to be completely honest. And that's one of the reasons why the forgiveness event that we're doing, coming on April 18th, it came to bear. Because I realized that I did hurt. I did have a level of hate in my heart. I had not found my way to forgiveness. But one thing I was mindful of that I was not going to carry that into my next relationship. So I took a pause and spent some time with Sabrina. And I went through a process almost as if I was grieving. And I allowed myself to experience the emotions and read the books and speak to mentors and tap into people who were spiritual so they could pour into me and help me understand that everything that I was feeling, it, made perfect sense as to what I had gone through, but the point was to not get stuck, to somehow add purpose to my pain, make it relevant. And I'll also be honest that I fought due battle with becoming open and forthright and having this platform because I was very prideful and very private. And I did not want to open up and bear that part of my life, that I had been in shelters and I had escaped and been in a safe house for three or four months, and that my children had been placed here with my mother while I moved residence two or three times, but that I had always gone back and listened to the honeymoon phase of the apologies and it's not going to happen again, and this is the last time. I, I really didn't want people to see me in my state of weakness. And God, in 2013, I'll never forget it, I had gone through an accident, debilitation, I had gone through recuperation, therapy, and all of this, and he said, this is the season. This is the shift. This is the turn. You didn't go through all of that for nothing, and it's not for you to be silent. These things that you keep shelving, that you keep writing, that you keep speaking about in conversations here and there – This is for many. And one thing I'll never forget, and my mother actually had to remind me of it later. I was about 21 years old, and I had attended a church service at her encouragement. I wasn't in the church at that time. I was living my life, and I was doing my own thing. And I'll never forget, I was seated like on the far left end of the pew, and there was a woman all the way down on the other end. And she kept moving, like she moved a little bit. She made her way down to me, and she was just crying. And she said, I know you don't know me. She said, but I got to be obedient to God, and I got to tell you. And she said, I see a sea, a sea of women. And it's a lot of darkness and a lot of tears. But she said, you're going to touch many. You're going to reach many. And she just began to prophesy. And Pastor Thicke I laughed. I left church laughing. I was like, wow, she could not have been farther off the mark with me because my life was nowhere near that. And everything she said had come to pass and still coming to pass.
2: Wow. Isn't it amazing that even in the midst of where you were at the time, at a time when you could not see, could not even phantom yourself being this incredible tool, incredible instrument, this incredible influence, this woman was able to look into the spirit realm and actually see that there was a purpose for your life, and that was even a purpose for your pain, and that out of your pain, out of the experience that you had, that you would be used as an instrument of God's love. Yeah.
4: That's Most amazing. Definitely. And you've amazing. done some great
2: things. You've done some great things,
4: and I want to say that Go right ahead. Mm. No, no, no. I I just wanted to say one of the things that I'm very honest about, too, in my life is that I was not perfect in that season, and I never want to make it seem at all one-sided because there was a period of time when I felt like I needed to defend myself or there was a period of time when I was disrespectful because all of the things that were going on and going wrong. So I realized, and I accept, and I have asked for forgiveness for my role and my part. Even going through my pain, I was not excused from my behavior as well. So I think that's also wow. important towards forgiveness.
2: It is. It is. Listen, people, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and uh, I tell you, you're listening to our special guest, one of our special guests, uh, Miss Sabrina Harris, the CEO and founder of the House of the and so many great things, a uh, mover shaker and a powerful businesswoman. And uh, those of you that have been with us most of the time, you've also listened to uh, Sheila uh, Bryan, and, and Sheila has to go, and I think you're still on the line, but if you could just say... Uh, give you a goodbye. we thank you so much and I know that you've heard Sabrina and all of us are going to be together real soon I know we are everything so um, (laughs) if you would Sheila give us your, your your last parting words before we go to commercial break
4: absolutely thank you J.R. I gotta say I am
3: containing my tears Sabrina I am containing my tears for you not just of joy but just to know that I am really you and you are me and I'm so grateful to God for this connection. Um, thank you so much, J.R., for having me. I truly look forward to an in-person, you know, meet and greet with the both of you pretty soon and I continue to impact the world because this is what we were really created for. Our struggles
4: are not by any means for us to first lay out, you know, lay in and be sad and hope around. Our struggles are truly a revelation of how good God has been to us by giving our story and testimony for others to have hope and believe that, yes, if it happened for me,
3: it can happen for you. Thank you both for having me. Thank you so much, Sabrina. I love you, sister. Queen and Christ. Thank you so much. Have a blessed night.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks so much for being there. And uh, uh I tell you we're looking forward to even great greater shows that are coming as we bring together Survivors. We're gonna take a commercial break and I'm I know that I have my distinguished uh colleague and uh partner inside of De- De- uh Destiny by Choice is on the line as well, Doctor Douglas, and I'm hopefully I'm gonna be able to get her on before we end tonight because of the fact of uh just some powerful insight here and I know that in uh, in in her uh in her quest and in her plight of addressing these issues, she's seen uh, so many things from so many different walks of life. So immediately after commercial break, uh, we'll come back and um, we'll finish listening to uh, Sabrina and we'll hopefully bring on Dr. Douglas as well. And remember, if you have a question and or comment, simply uh, hit number one on your keypad if you're listening in right now. And that lets our producer know that you want to come on the air. We'll get you on the air. You don't have to give your name, but we will get you on the air. And as always, we thank you for listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to hope.
1: Internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in soulful talk radio. You're listening to Or. Destiny by choice. Fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama free, judgment free fellowship forum for like minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats, changing life's experience through God's leading in his word join us as we empower lives and shape destinies that's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook through a search you can find us
4: if you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host this is the Soul of America Radio.
0: I am Indy Harlem Two, and I am fighting the power on the Soul of America Radio.
1: Worldwide,
2: coast-to-coast talk radio, this. It's the Soul of America Radio You're listening to Soar
1: And now back to Hope and Healing A Journey to Wholeness With your host J.R. Thickland
2: Welcome back. Welcome back to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklett, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here on the Soul of America Radio Network from coast to coast. Every Monday night is where you find us. For those of you that are listening to us online, www.soulofamericaradio.com, we thank you for joining us. And, of course, if you have a question at any given time, simply call in, Erico, 323-784-9638, and... um, hit the number one on your keypad after you're in, that lets our producer know that you want to come on. If those of you that are listening online, even now, if you have a question and a comment, you don't have to give your name. Just simply hit number one on the keypad. We'll get you in. Before the break, we were listening to our very special guest, Sabrina Harris, uh, the CEO and founder of the House of the and uh, We're talking about not only her journey from pain to power and what has happened as a result of it. Uh, we had Sheila Bryant uh, on earlier and the, both of them in we're in the midst of our conversation with Sabrina and uh, some very special events that are happening. One being on April 18th, uh, 2015, here in the South Florida area. So, those of you that are listening from out of town and around the globe, those of you that may be listening back on podcasts, uh, April 18th, that's a Saturday, mark your calendar and uh, she's going to give you more information. If you desire to come and spend a very, very uh, well-spent weekend here in beautiful South Florida. This is the event you want to attend. And so I'm going to go back to Sabrina, and she's going to talk a little bit more about that, and we're going to talk a little bit about another event that will be coming up as well. And we're going to uh, go ahead and get Dr. Douglas on the line as well. Uh, everything Dr. Douglas is not only our friend and colleague within Destiny by Choice, everything Dr. Douglas is a uh, uh, she's a behavior scientist. Uh, she, she has done it. All she has been involved in this area of domestic violence uh, for nearly thirty years, if not more. And she's done a lot of work across the country with this. And I know that she's been listening to these uh, powerful stories from the women. So we're bringing in Dr. Douglas. Well, but Sabrina, we'll start back off with you uh, inside of um, where you're at now and where we're going here with not only uh, the. I love it, the art of letting it go, <laughs> and and from there to some other things that you're doing. You're on the air.
4: Thank you again, Pastor Thicklin. The brunch that we have coming up, it's an empowerment brunch on April 18th from 11 o'clock to 4 o'clock at the Doubletree Hilton in Palm Beach Gardens. And the concept came to me, it was a resonating theme with me during the crisis counseling and doing a lot of mentorship and speaking with people. I was becoming overwhelmed with the stuck point that I was encountering and I mean it was like almost as if a lot of these individuals were safeguarding their hate and the disappointment and the the just the unhappiness and lack of being okay with where they were in life and a lot of it was leading to anxiety depression these people were really going through some psychological trauma because they were not able to let it go Their Perception of the events that had occurred And how they felt about it And what they felt was done to them, etc And God laid it on my mind and heart That it needs to be an understanding And not just a secular understanding But with a spiritual connotation That there is a process to being able to forgive There's an art to it There's a science to it It's a process that must be learned And taught and educated And I also wanted it to come from the two different veins, not just a male perspective, not just a female perspective, but from both. And that's what we've done. We've brought two pastors, male pastors together and two female pastors as well, and have them come into the environment, in addition to myself, from a more of a counseling and inspirational empowerment perspective to try and bring all the pieces together. And then we have the platforms we give to book and word auditory, the interpretive and mind dance. So it's just an eclectic event, but the theme is definitely forgiveness.
2: And not only is it forgiveness, you know, inside of what is going on there, uh, there, there there's something very powerful that is happening because there's going to be actually, I'm not going to call it a forgiveness circle, but it's definitely going to be a a time of, of really forgiveness, exercising that inside of that. And, um, it's going to be powerful on every stretch of the imagination. And what we're saying is that healing, you know, healing will take place for those that are looking for healing. You know, there are many times that people are stuck. They're stuck. They don't get healed because they, because um, oftentimes they have not gotten to the place that they want to forgive. And we all know that forgiveness is a process. And so inside of it, for many they they will hold on to that pain because for them that pain reminds them of what happened to them. And, uh, you know, and what happened to them is oftentimes where they're stuck at. But our whole point is to get them from what happened to them to the place of what what is now happening for them. And that's what's very powerful inside of that. You know, and that's that one event on April 18th is going to be powerful, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the beautiful Doubletree Hilton Hotel there in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. But then in June, June is going to be quite an event as well because we're talking about June 26th and 27th, and uh, particular, I believe that those are the dates. And and you're talking about on the 26th where there's going to be a platform there that is going to deal with a level of addressing the issue of domestic violence that uh, it's going to be very interesting because we're going to not only have uh, female survivors and, 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 and everything, but we're going to also have male survivors of domestic violence. We're going to have men that was once perpetrators of domestic violence that will be sharing that platform about their mindset, their behavior and thought process while they were in it and how they came out of it and how they have been able to sustain and live a life uh being uh, abusive-free inside of it. And there's some other things that are happening. Uh, share with us uh, what this event is going to be all about. You know, it's
4: actually taken on a life of its own, and I say God is truly amazing because he puts the pieces together for how he desires things to materialize. And I appreciate you for understanding my unconventional nature because I'm not conventional by any means, but it's all in good faith. And one of the things that I noticed, particularly speaking to my current husband, who I feel like is a gift from the heavens above, he's just been absolutely phenomenal through all of this, even from my coming out of everything that I've been through and to be there for support. But he has often said, and I've heard many other men and women say, that they don't understand how a person could abused to this degree how could they have killed or maimed and all the things that go along with domestic violence and it came to me that instead of people on the platform on the journey trying to speak for an abuser or a perpetrator or a person who's come out of it what better way than to have that dialogue with that person who can tell you what was going on inside of their mind and their heart and if they were abusing drugs or whatever may have come along with it so we can get the real truth. And it's about those who have truly come out, those who understand the error of their ways, those who have sought forgiveness, and those who, again, want to shift the pain to purpose. So we're going to have a meet and greet. I've welcomed one of my Good Friends, who's a spoken word artist on a national level, and she actually does a session or a piece or a segment on the topic, and we're morphing that into people on the front lines like yourselves and others who are committed to this topic and helping people to come in and have those people talk to a nation and help heal a nation. And then on that Saturday, that will be June 26th, And on the Saturday, the 27th, we're debuting a fashion show that is solely for survivors. And I thank God for the women I now work with, and I'm looking at Futuristic to work with men. But these women have survived some of the most incredible storms, and they are still standing. So these are the women we gift with brand sessions the makeup the clothing and we give them an opportunity to rip the runway and just really feel good about themselves to be empowered so the theme is butterflies rise and tigers roar so it's about being courageous but still rising and knowing that you can come out of this and you can be free
2: awesome Awesome, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be some great events, and uh, uh, we want everybody to keep in mind, follow us on Facebook inside of that. Definitely, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, Domestic Violence, it is your business page, uh, the J.R. Thicklin page. Uh, follow us on our other page there, which is our page of inspiration, as that's Destiny by Choice Two Fellowship page on Facebook, and follow Sabrina as well, There, uh, Sabrina Harris page, and you'll see other advertisements about both of these events. Listen, if you want to, find out how can you participate and get a ticket to the uh, April 18th event. Uh, Sabrina, could you give them that number of the ways that they could reach out to you? And definitely you could reach out to me. I have some tickets, as a matter of fact, and I want to sell every one of them and then some. So, Sabrina, tell them how they can get in.
4: Well, they can reach me personally, area code five six one three five two five four one eight. Again, 561 Or they can simply inbox me, House of Love Illionaires is a Facebook page. And we have saturated the community, different vendors, and uh, certain people, speakers like yourself, they do have tickets in hand. Or we can add you to a list. They can go on Eventbrite. We've just made it systematic and easy for you to be able to come and have a really good
2: time. Awesome, awesome, and inside of that, Dr. Douglas, you've been on the air, you've been listening to all of these different, uh, uh, not only testimonials, but uh, empowerment and the things that people have done as they've turned their pain into power, and definitely, I want to hear from you, because not only as a, uh, you know, not only as a clinical person and a person who's been involved uh, inside of so many things, what does that say? What what does it say? What message does it send to those that may still be in an abusive relationship, as well as, uh, you know, uh, what are some things that uh, uh, people can do to actually find themselves at this place of uh, power coming out of their pain?
0: Well, I, I really like that topic, pain to power, because that's exactly what comes out of it, and and I listen to both of the ladies and. I'm really glad that you were on the air because you gave a different perspective uh, coming from within. You gave the perspective of how it affected you and what you did about it. Some people talk about how it affected, but not what they did to get out of it to help themselves. I want to address, um, Sheila, you you were so uh picturesque, you gave such a great illustration of what was happening to you. And one of the points and for the listeners, thing usually significant in your life, not something significant that happened to you, but something significant that happens to one of your loved ones, most times brings you out of it. Unfortunately, until that happens, it's it's unfortunate. So the first thing is awareness. One of the first things I remember when I started in, in my practice and I used to work with other psychiatrists and psychologists and I had a mentor that said, you'll be the best in your field once you are most aware of your own behavior, okay, and wow. and because becoming aware of your behavior helps you to understand the behavior of others. And I remember when I was 10 years old, I told my dad, this is what I wanted to do. Well of course he came from the farm and he thought that being a school teacher would be best and he said to me, he said, Well you wanna be he said, if you wanna be a psychologist or a psychiatrist, then you need to be a little cuckoo yourself. And I said, Well dad I am
4: I am. That's why
0: I want to do it. And so and I listened to how to what uh, Miss spoke about how what happened to her sister. And that was the, the passion within her of having to Work with her siblings and caring for them She realized I can't care for my sister When my sister is here trying to care for me And about to lose her life I need to wake up I need to stop I need to stop allowing this man to keep gaming me Because that's exactly what he was doing he was, he was taking it as a toy, and you were falling right into the pattern. And you were falling into the pattern basically because you were losing some of your morale and your high self-esteem because of the children. You were trying to protect your children, and, of course, you didn't want them to see you at your lowest place. And that's where he was taking you until you realized that the sibling that I had here who was part of my comfort and and part of being raised with me and understanding, I almost lost. And if I lost her, I would also be losing myself and my children would not have a go-to if something happened to me. And I'm sure all those things stand to your mind. But, Miss Harris, when you said, I thought when you were speaking, I thought you were speaking about something that happened about 20 years ago. But when you told me it was 2009, I said, oh, my goodness, she's just coming up. She's just coming up out of it, and look what she's done already. But you know what helped you with that? With having two parents, and the fact that you said that you were a daddy's girl. That's what when I'm just doing a fashion show, building your self-esteem, helping others who are coming out of this low, low area in their life. More than likely, you got that from your dad. How your dad showered you with gifts, not just physical and materialistic but the gifts that he gave you when speaking with you and talking with you and guiding you and pampering you and showing you that this is how a man is supposed to show you passion. Of course, you went out because and went the other way, but that's not unusual because you have so much going on at home, you want to see what the other side is like. I remember my son even saying to me, Mom, I didn't know we were poor. I said, honey, we're not poor, poor, but we don't have it like a lot of people do. He said, No wonder you stood up all night making my clothes. He said, But the way you wow. do it, you, you gave me the grace to know that we can have, or we can do whatever we want to do. You know. He said. So he said. He said. Uh, he said, but that's what helped me in my life. That's my son. I listen to him. So as you listen to your children and they grow, they come back to you because they're asking you. You're the pioneer of them, and you're the person who's helping them to move forward. So they're going to ask you, Mom, what should I do? Or what do you think about this particular situation? Um Pain to power You get tired of feeling it One of the things I have to tell you ladies That it's never over I've had people say that I'm a survivor But that's a survivor because you have stopped the punches But you haven't survived within yourself Your mind stays there It's because a book that I wrote several years ago about drugs The brain never forgets So it's just like the beatings The brain never forgets You may see something that reminds you of the abuse. Say particularly if one of your husbands there wore a red shirt all the time. He loved this red shirt. Every time he had this red shirt on, he wanted to hit you. You can walk down ten years later and see a man with a red shirt. Next thing you know, that thought has crossed your mind. So you're not a true survivor. You're still working at it. You don't give up because if you don't keep at it, If you don't keep at it, it's going to eat you away. So even for the listeners, if you're out there, you may not have been the victim. You may have even been the abuser. You may know of someone. You know of your children who are going through it and seeing their friends coming out of the house crying because their mother's inside being beaten by their dad. Every person on this earth, I'm sure, knows someone that is going through or has gone through abuse. But that's why we speak out, those who have been abused and those who understand it, because that's how others will be able to be helpful. Now, some people say, oh, you hear one story, you hear another. They're all the same. They're not all the same. Absolutely. They're not all the same. But but one of the things that I didn't hear, and I'm glad that uh, you you were confident enough, Ms. Harris, to say that, it wasn't always one-sided because you fought back. And that's yeah. true. That's so true. The uh, You have to fight back. If you don't fight back physically, put your brain to work, okay, and fight back knowing mentally set up a plan, plan A to plan B, because it takes time to leave the situation. If you just run from the situation immediately, you'll eventually come back to it. Because he's got a good story. You loved him at one point. There was a time when you did. You know, so you take steps, and that's what I heard you say. You took steps, Miss Bryan. You took steps, but you didn't take steps until you realized that not just your life was in danger, but the lives of those you love. And so, the listeners, take steps now. Even from take from the time you're on right now or on the phone or on the on the internet online listening. Think about what you're going to do next. Start your journal. Start your journal. And many times when you're sleeping, thoughts come to you. They call it day residue. Sometimes it it happens. Get up and have a journal next to your bedside and and a pen in the hand in the journal. Don't turn the light on. Just write blindly what it is that just comes to mind. Come to mind. It's gonna look like scribble in the morning, but you'll be able to decipher it enough to know that this is something you need to put in your plan to get out of it. Now, one of the things what both of you mentioned when you talked about your mates, the the, the abuser, I wonder I was thinking when you were speaking, where are they now? What has happened to them? A lot of I was talking to some police officers not long ago and I and uh, and they were saying that, Oh, this is a domestic violence situation. I said why? Why do you call it domestic violence situation? Because it's between the, the husband and the wife. They're having an argument or dispute and you want to say this is domestic violence? What about assault? It's not always it's because it happens to be husband and wife you wanna don't don't the policemen need to be better trained to make a mm-hmm. decision what the differences are. Because they carry different weights in court. You know, so Absolutely. so you too You you two being the victim, try to understand what the legal ramifications are, especially in the state of Florida, because each state is different. The state in New York, the man is always right. Isn't that something? The state in in D.C., District of Columbia, they say to the woman, leave the home and we'll take you to a shelter. Why don't they say to him, you leave the home and you find some place to live. He's the one that's eating on the water so there's different there's different rulings by state, so wherever you are listeners, you could be in North Carolina, California, in Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica, get to understand your law, get to understand the state law so that you can have the law to work in your favor, okay, not necessarily put him away, but for your equal rights okay there's uh the civil liberties law, civil liberties for women for children. And, and and hopefully you have three children who are, uh, are close in age, uh, Miss Bryan. By now they're probably a little bit older and they are more understanding. And I'm sure you did not covet them for this because they need to know. And then, so they're probably your, your shelter. They're, they're your go-to for the passion that you may need. Miss um, Harris spoke about her second husband. Second husbands love you. So much that they feel For you and I'm sure that When they hear you speak They're sitting in the back of the room with tears In their eyes to know that You once endured You know that you once endured This but you've made you a different person God has a plan for all of us Like Pastor Thickler and I speak of The Alpha and the Omega We don't know what's going to happen But we know that he is bringing us Through for a reason Why does he put it on me why did he have me to have to suffer like this? Because he wants you to go and help those who are suffering. That was that's the gift. It took a lot. it took some butts, it took some butts, took a slash in the head, it took a lot. all of that. It took some demeaning yes. education. But you're you're there to you help others. And that's you know, that's the only biggest thing is what I can say. So I'm saying to the listeners, you have heard two telephone numbers on this air. And you've heard the numbers from people who are out there who are good listeners, good resourceful people, people who are building and helping. They may be in this Palm Beach area, but if you call them from a different area code, they'll answer, and they'll be able to tell you where you can go to get help and still be on the line to help you walk through it. Because these are folks who have the open heart. That's what we have is an open heart to do what we do.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said. And and acts we're at we're actually at the end of the radio show, at least far as a live broadcasting, we're Probably still on with most everyone else there, uh, the recording part there. Uh, I'm not sure if that will continue on, but I do want to wrap up with some closing comments inside of that and very good observation there, Dr. Douglas, and very good encouragement for our listening audience as well. Uh, Sabrina, I know you're still on the air with us, and I know that uh, Sheila had to leave uh, uh, leave us today, but as you're closing, what is, what is one of the things, what is something that you want to leave with the audience tonight?
4: I want to leave with the audience, Patrick Stickland, that I was not broken into pieces, but I was broken open. There's a book called Elizabeth, by Elizabeth Lester called Broken Open, How Difficult Times Can Help Us Grow. And I'm going to close this out with a piece that I thought was most powerful, and I've taken it with me, and I meditate on it daily. And it says, how strange that the nature of life is changed. Yet the nature of human beings is to resist change. And how ironic that the difficult times we fear might ruin us are the very ones that can break us open and help us blossom into who we were meant to be. So I wasn't broken into pieces. Neither was Sheila Bryan, neither was any other woman or man on this journey. But we're broken open so we can reach inside and pull out the best that is tough.
2: Awesome, nice. awesome tonight. Awesome. I tell you what a show we've had on tonight. Uh, we had a little difficulties getting on right at 9 o'clock, but I tell you it's been worth every minute of it. Of it. And I want to say this, you know, uh, this year and this month and, and, and this time actually marks four years for the Soul of America Radio Network. And the Soul of America Radio Network, the president and founder of it, Mr. Uh, Tony Stalin's, uh what an incredible man he's an incredible man of color he's an incredible man of character and he's an incredible individual that is a visionary and uh he wanted to create a platform to be able to uh not only convey positive message but deliver timely uh information to uh the audience out there he is a native of the same place i am from he is a native of selma alabama he resides in birmingham now uh but uh he has programming that's on this network, uh, not only on tonight, on Tuesday nights and different nights of the week. You want to always tune back in and see what's here on the uh, soloamericaradio.com And the same number that you call in to me tonight, that's the same number you can call in there. But I want to salute uh, 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 Tony Stalich because, in fact, Tony is one of those individuals that he is a doer. He's not just a thinker, although he does a lot of thinking. But he's a doer inside of it. And uh, what great a passion. You know, Tony approached me now going on three years ago about coming on to do this show. He's never asked me for a dime to do it. He was concerned about the information to make it happen. And uh, he's done so, and I know that he's on the line now. I know that he is, and he probably doesn't want to say nothing and everything there, but I I really want to, before I end this, because of the fact, here's a guy, you know, Tony's had an incredible career. I mean, he's done law enforcement and all those things there, Uh, but uh, Tony has a genuine concern about this issue of domestic violence. uh, We listen to a lot of, every commercial that you hear on our radio broadcast uh, has been produced by... uh, by uh, Tony, he he's done that. He spent the time in the studio to make it happen, and um, and uh, I'm hoping, and I know that you're there. I know I see your your number up and everything, and I'm just assuming you got the controls to bring yourself on. But if you don't have the controls to bring you, on, I want to bring you on, and I hope that is perfectly all right. Uh, uh, Tony, if you're there, I, I just want you to uh, say something to our audience tonight. Well, what a tremendous show that has been out there! And uh, I dare not, you know, uh, I dare not pretend as if this is all happening because of my expertise or any of those things. But uh, man, you 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 put your everything into this and uh, and, uh, and addressing so many things. So please say hello to our audience tonight.
1: Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. Well, well, thank you, Jay. Thank thank you for letting me come on. Uh, tonight, man, first of all, I want to say to your guests, man, I, I have really, wow, I mean, I was floored. Uh, the testimonies, the realism, the power, the impact, man, it, it, and we've got a ton of people listening tonight, and th- this goes out in podcast forever. I, I joke around and say they're going to put it on a, on a spaceship and ship it out to the moon, and their words will go out, and they will touch somebody. So I want to thank your guests, man. I was moved um, um, listening at the at the impact, and, and and thank you for for the kind words, but Jay, you know, man, you you have really impressed me. Uh, I knew there was something different about you uh, when, when we first came across each other on the internet. But uh, you are very deep. I don't don't let Jay fool you. This, this this gentleman is one of a kind. He is dedicated. And uh, I just want to thank Jay, man. And you have been very dedicated. It's hard to find host for the for the, for the um, program because I look for people that's dedicated, and Jay is one of those kind of people that you can trust. So I just want I just wanted to quickly say thanks to to, to the guests. You really, really, I mean, you opened my eyes up to a lot of things tonight, and I'm pretty sure you blessed somebody, and that's that's what this platform is for. Jay and I talked about this. We want somebody, if it's one person, to hear something that will touch them and spark something and let them know I can change. I don't have to go through this. I can change. And Jay, you're very good at this, brother. And I, I commend you and I and I thank you for spending your time with 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 uh with these with these guests every and, and these these people that are out there. Giving them some hope to heal, and I just want to thank you, bro. Thank you very much for for blessing everybody with it.
2: Well, you know, uh, Tony, I mean, one of the things that has been so instrumental is this. You know, you could put anything that you want to on these airways, but you thought that this subject matter was significant and important enough to do so uh you you've been very much the life and breath behind making sure things are relevant i mean you've had some of the most what i consider groundbreaking shows inside of so many things that we've had to happen nationally uh the ferguson case wow you you did one i still think one of probably the most powerful shows known to man uh on on the whole ferguson deal uh the trayvon martin you had a lot of things that you said about that you you have um you have made sure that we have kept a good perspective. And the thing I love about it, for those of you, you know, uh, every now and then you probably, yeah, you can always go to uh, com and look at the archives and look at a lot of these shows that have been there. You also can download the app. But, you know, one of the things that make it great, and I, I love when you come on, you know, when you do uh, can get the time to come on, because the fact mm. that you have a law enforcement background as well, and yet it's still to see you so balanced inside of your perspective. Is, is really a very hopeful uh, thing for me. It's very hopeful because of the fact, you know, you, you don't have the blinders on. You actually understand the, 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 the moment. You understand the, the fear. You understand those things there, and you witness it uh, firsthand, uh, being inside of law enforcement. And even when you've shared the story about, about even your neighborhood, uh, the situation that happened. So, you know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot for a person to be committed to getting this type of information out. And I just wanted our audience to know, uh, the man behind the voice, uh uh the man behind the Soul of America Radio Network and I greatly appreciate you.
1: Well thank you, Jay. And they can tune in Saturday. Um I'm gonna move my show to Saturday night and we'll be doing a, a, a special show on some of the voting rights uh information. And so forth. So um uh, uh tune in man. I I and who knows, maybe I maybe I can talk to you to stop and by.
2: Okay, sounds great. Saturday night what time? Give us the time so we'll know.
1: It's gonna be uh nine o'clock and and if uh, if it changes you can go to the Soul of America Radio and I'll put it out there, but it's gonna be nine o'clock PM Central time.
2: Absolutely. That is fantastic. So we will uh, definitely know that you'll put it out there. We'll help promote it, and we look forward to being a part of that show as well. Thank you so very much for joining us, and to everyone that is listening tonight, this has been a very epic show. So glad and thankful for our guests, Miss Sheila Bryan, uh, Miss Sabrina Harris, and Dr. Annette Douglas for uh, being on with us tonight. And until next time, this is J.R. Thickland saying that there is no excuse for abuse. That your silence only perpetuates the violence, but together we can stop domestic violence. And until next time, I want you to go in peace and remember that, listen, you can turn your pain into power. You don't have to remain the same. Till next time, good night.
4: Good night.